Hello, Hello there. there. Welcome back to another episode of Star Wars in the Galaxy, watching all the Star Wars we can get our hands on. I'm Eli. I'm Jacob. And we are so excited to record this episode because as of two days ago, uh, from when we were recording this, Star Wars in the Galaxy is two years old. We have been putting out insane. Star Wars content for two years. And today we figured uh, what would be more fun than to talk about some of our favorite moments from the last year uh, in general and talk about what the great things we've experienced uh, from doing Star Wars in a galaxy for two whole years. Um, yeah, so we're just going to do a little special episode today. Um, next week we're going to return to our normal schedule uh, of covering Season 6 of Star Wars The Clone Wars with special guests, um, which is going to be very exciting. Uh, but first of all, um, let's get into the piece of Star Wars content that released in the past week. The Book of Boba Fett, Episode 3. The Streets of Mos Espa. Uh, so, Jacob, let me toss it over to you first, because you didn't have a two-hour live stream to discuss all your lengthy thoughts on it. Well, um, thank you. Um, definitely a very interesting episode. Um, if I had to sum it up um, in one sentence, my, my opinion on it, I would say the honeymoon is over. Um, and, and what I mean by that, while I don't think it was the worst episode ever, I definitely thought it was the weakest of the three Boba Fett episodes. To me, I thought that some of the, um, the, the faults, the flaws, the problems in the first two episodes that I was willing to overlook simply because of how exciting it was to, to see Boba Fett back, to see him have this amazing backstory. I feel like some, some of those flaws that I was expecting to kind of dissipate I didn't dissipate as much as I, I thought they would in terms of, in, in terms of kind of the, the motivation, the, the character's motivation, just the choices, that kind of thing. I feel like, they could have moved it um, more forward. So yeah, I, I definitely thought it was an interesting episode, though. Um, I thought that it did show, though, that it just having fan favorite characters, cool charismatic lead roles, isn't enough to really, in my mind, sustain the show and keep it at the level that it was for the first two episodes for an entire season. What did you think about this episode in comparison to the first two? So um, we were talking about this uh, when the episode came out. Um, I agree with Jacob that it was the weakest of the three so far. However, I don't agree to the extent, I guess, that he thinks. Um, uh, I, again, if you want my full and unrestrained thoughts, <laughs> check out the Bombadcast uh, stream uh, where they brought on me and Connor from the Nerd Academy podcast and Michael from All Marining Systems to talk at length about the third chapter of uh, the Book of Boba Fett. But I, I, there, there was some stuff I really liked. There was some stuff that I was a little iffy on. Um, and uh, I, I think, again, with this show, it's all going to be about recontextualizing things because I appreciate one now. I appreciate um, Stranger in a Strange Land more now that I've seen the, the two and three. And there are things about two I appreciate more now that I've seen three. And I think there, and I think once 
all seven release, I think they're, we're going to look back at three and we're going to be like, oh, that was planting that and that's interesting. And it, it'll fit together with the larger story. So I think there's a bunch of stuff where I'm like, yeah, this is good or yeah, this is not great. But there's a bunch of stuff where I'm like, yeah, this is just too early to judge. You know, uh, Book of Boba, unlike The Mandalorian, seems to not be an episodic series. It seems to be, you know, about, you know, as Jacob would call it, peeling back the layers of the story. Yeah. Every week we're getting new details of the overarching two stories. Yeah. Um, and I actually really like that format. Um, I wanted that for Star Wars for a long time, and I did not realize we were going to be getting in the Book of Boba Fett, but I'm enjoying that style. And I think, again, once we watch all seven, we're going to see contextual things in three and two and even one that we haven't seen before. Yeah, I hope you're right. I hope you're right, because I feel like it worked for the first two episodes for me, but the, the two-story thing didn't really work as well in in my in my experience of watching it in the, in this third episode, um, I think it's, it's, it's a good problem to have, but I feel like they've created such a compelling secondary story kind of with, with this, this flashback and narrative that they're telling that it feels like they could devote so much time to it and you end up wanting them to devote so much time to it that in my mind, it doesn't quite, um, it doesn't quite get the the breathing room that it deserves, but I don't know. Just to just to talk about the episode in specific, um, I was a little bit disappointed. I, I felt like they kind of they kind of maybe jumped the shark a little bit with um with having Black Kersantin come out and, and immediately try to uh try to assassinate Boba Fett. Um, and now in this episode, it seems like he might be might be gone. Um, you know, he ran back with the huts, but uh, oh, actually, hopefully, think, hopefully I'm wrong because I, I, I would love to see him come back. Stay, actually. You think he's here to stay? Oh, yeah, because he, Boba let, Boba spared him. And I think that respect is going to come back, A. And I, I don't know, for me, I just love that fight. The Black Crescent fight was like, it, it was, I don't know, for me, it was so unexpected and so incredible to just see, you know, these, this is a guy who had a comic written about him six years ago, and now we're seeing him in a TV show. Like, what the heck is going on here? Yeah, it's, um, it's, pretty, it's, it's pretty amazing to see him come to the big screen. I don't want to deny that. But, yeah, I thought they could have just built it up a little more. It felt just kind of, it felt just kind of premature. Like, they could have held on to that. They could have held on to Black Kersantin, um, um for, for later or, or given given us bits and pieces of him in the story without kind of a, a, a climactic, not necessarily a climactic moment, but without a really big moment happening right away. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's because personally I didn't, I didn't really find the, the fight scene um, that compelling, you know, it was cool. Um, it's definitely cool, but it just felt a little bit and all same as all same, my same gripe for, for all the action in the, this episode, it just felt a little bit slow and, and ponderous at times. Um, and yeah, it felt, I don't know. I'm worried because of this. I'm worried that Boba Fett, Book of Boba Fett is going to fall into a similar trap as the Mandalorian where it can feel really formulaic, like with the, um, 
with the biker gang, like um, the the cyberpunk water thieves. This is the second time where we've had a situation of a assassination attempt, and then the the newfound um, the newfound allies who Boba Fett spared and decided to um, employ instead save save his butt. Um, so I don't know. I'm I'm just I don't. I, I was hoping that the show would kind of take some of the good aspects of the Mandalorian and leave behind some of the aspects that I didn't like, but I don't know, may, maybe, um, I just feel like this, this episode for me, um, it wasn't a, a particularly encouraging sign of, of things to come. Um, but we'll see, we'll see, you know, um, I'm still, I'm still very much looking forward, um, I'm still very much looking forward to what comes next. I think also um, we got to acknowledge this. What was the creative staff behind this episode? Written by John Favreau. Mm-hmm. Directed by Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. I'm not saying either of them are bad. I'm just saying we've seen a lot of their stuff before. Yeah. So kind of know a little bit of what we're going to We know get, what we're getting into. The last episode was directed by Steph Green. And everybody loved it. Why? Because she was a new voice to the conversation. I mean, not that's not the only reason, of course. But, like, you know, yeah. uh, I think that's a contributing factor to it. And I think, you know, we're going to get uh, Kevin Tacherone uh, into the show. We're going to get Bryce Dallas Howard into the show. We're going to get more of Dave into the show. And I think that's going to help with not having the story feel so formulaic and predictable. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I, I, I didn't think... Personally, I, I didn't feel it. I, I, it didn't feel predictable to me, but yeah, for definitely, it, it definitely felt. I definitely felt the same nagging feeling that I felt for a, a good portion of of the Mandalorians episodes, um, in terms of feeling that it was too formulaic and just thinking, "Huh, feels like we've we've been here before pretty recently." What's what's with that? Um, but what, what do you think of the um I can't remember the name, but the uh the the cyborg what did you think of the the cyborg gang in this episode? Um, you know, everybody's talking about this this cyborg gang. That, yeah, talking, that seems to be the topic of, of discussion for mo- every, most people. Everybody on the internet seems to be like, oh, they they don't belong in Star Wars and stuff. I'm like, okay, who made anybody judge and jury about what does and does not belong in Star Wars, first of all? I think that's um, something everyone can decide for themselves, and that's why some people like it and some people don't. Yeah, I, I but I, I think that, like, I don't know, anything that people say is un-Star Wars, I think is just generally not the best take because Star Wars means so many different things to so many different people. Yeah, I think... Um, yeah, sorry, go ahead. And uh, I personally... So, I know a lot of people are harping over the design, I didn't hate the design. I didn't really get bothered. I'm not. I wasn't really bothered by the design. It, it's really two things. It's the design, which some people are going nuts about, that I'm not crazy about, uh, that I'm not like fussed about. And then there's that they go as slow as molasses, which is a technical limitation of the volume, and probably wasn't the best creatively designed, and probably felt a little bit tropey. Um. I know there are some people who appreciate it more than me, but I wasn't a huge fan of it. But I don't know. It didn't. Uh, it maybe it lasted a little bit too long. But uh, 
the stuff, I feel like the stuff with the huts and the stuff with the um, Tatooine flashbacks and the stuff with the Rancor made up for the lacklusterness of the speeder bike chase. I think my problem with the um, the, the cyberpunk biker gang, um, the cyborgs, wasn't so much, um, although it was kind of my gut reaction was, oh, wait, is this Star Wars? What's going on here? I think my 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 issue is not that it's not Star Wars. I felt more so when I when I thought about it, went back, watched it again. I thought this doesn't feel like Tatooine. This doesn't feel like Book of Boba Fett. To me, it felt like it felt like Canto Bite. It felt like The Last Jedi. It maybe felt like the Outlander Club, maybe Attack of the Clones. But to me, it really didn't feel like Tatooine. And it was very jarring to have these super perfectly polished speeders and these immaculately, like, incredibly stylized character outfits and designs, which are spotless, by the way, in this desert that where we're supposed to understand where water is super, super scarce and where... You know, everyone pretty much is kind of living in in hardship unless you're a unless you're a crime boss. So to to me, that was what felt out of place about it. I think more so than more so not, not yeah. So I'm not saying it's not Star Wars. I'm saying it's not Tatooine. I guess that's that was my reaction. Um, and, and it, it it overall felt it felt weird that. It felt like the show couldn't quite make up its mind um, about the the stealing water. You know, are they are they stealing water because they have to? Like, I feel I feel like the narrative. Then we see the narrative flip. What they're trying to do, I think, is see that oh, actually, the water broker is is maybe um, you know Boba's coming in to to stop the water theft but maybe the water broker maybe he's the maybe he's the problem maybe he's charging i mean he is price gouging the water you know taking advantage of people ex- exploiting the the water situation on tatooine but in that case then this 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 uh the way that the gang is portrayed feels feels very out of place where they look you know they got these fancy cybernetic augmentations and they they're um they're not exactly the the ragtag the ragtag group that you would you would think would be people on Tatooine who are stealing water to survive. So so it's 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 just a little bit I don't know. It felt a little bit disjointed to me. I get that. My thing about the book of Boba Fett, and I think sometimes people forget this. I'm not accusing you of doing this, I'm just saying like general I me included, I often forget this. Boba Fett may be changing his ways. Boba Fett may be improving how he does things. But the last time we saw Boba Fett, Boba Fett was a bad guy. And Fennec has also done very bad things. Yeah. Nobody is pure good or pure bad in this series. Everybody's got some sort of angle to them. Includes the biker gang, includes the water vendor, includes, you know, the mayor, includes the the huts includes the pikes includes everybody and the trick about the series i think is going to be 
discovering exactly where these people stand because we don't because we don't really know. Um, but yeah. like, I feel like just because we're seeing it from Boba's perspective and because Boba's the protagonist, that we automatically assume Boba's good when that's not really the case. Yeah. Because he's saying like, oh, I intend to, I tend to rule with intend respect. To roll with respect. And, yeah. he, and he's like, you, you know, but he's still a tyrannical leader. Yeah. Like, in some he's still things, ultimately choosing to be a crime lord. Yeah, he's, he's choosing he, to be the daimyo of Tatooine. There, there are there are ways that he's being better and reforming Jabba and Fortuna's stuff, but there are ways yeah. he in which he isn't. So, like, you know, I, I think yeah. that's a little bit interesting. But anyway, so, you, so so is your so what what are you what you're saying? Are you are you saying like maybe Boba's reaction to this gang, which seems more like more like a bunch of snobby rich teenagers with too much time on their hands or something rather than like a bunch of hard scrabble you know people trying to survive you're saying that his his decision to to employ them and 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 kind of flip off the flip off the the water broker you think that's not really a referendum on the morality of it but it's just boba being boba is that what you're saying more or less. I'm not saying I'm yeah. saying I believe that absolutely. I'm saying that like, you know, we do have to consider moralities in this, but that doesn't exclude Boba in this. You know yeah. what I mean? Boba has his own agendas and Boba has his own ideas yeah. of what he wants to do. And, you know, he he treats the pikes and he treats the huts with more respect than uh uh than they deserved. But, you know, he takes over Bib Fortuna in the the form in, in formerly Jawa's palace, uh, and he just shoots him. Like, you know, it's yeah. and he wants to ride a Rancor, which is cool, but it's also like a bit tyrannical. I'm just saying that Boba is not a knight in shining armor. Yeah. And that's and I, I'm I'm not criticizing Boba. I like that. I like that he. This is a a complex, morally hazy character because I feel like that's where this show thrives. But um, yeah. Anyway, um, let's get into the actual Star Wars in a Galaxy retrospective. We've done so many incredible things over the last year. Um, in our second year, 2021, and the beginning of 2022. Uh. Jacob, you want to start us off with your with one of your favorite memories? I didn't put mine in any specific order. Did you? Yeah, me neither. No, no. Okay. No specific yeah. order. Um, yeah. But for my favorite say, memories. By the, sorry, go by, ahead. Sorry. I will say this too, by the way. We are going to mention guests. If we did not mention uh, a specific guest, if you are one of the guests of ours who we did not mention, we still appreciated so much having every single guest on our show we appreciate every listen we appreciate all of it um we, we mean, were just limiting yeah. the list to five so we just picked five i mean it's funny that you would uh mention that because the first item on my list was actually uh, a bit of a rule bender um where i said every guest that we had on our podcast i think that would have to be my favorite moment every single guest every person who came on had something to say collaborated with us Man, I don't know. I, I, I hope I don't miss any here. Brian and Emma, Thomas Harper, the entire crew from Project Stardust, everyone who came on then, 
Devor, Meg, Alden Diaz, Maggie Lovett, Nessa from Project Stardust, everyone who just came on, you guys are the best. You made it such a fun experience this year. We had, we had so much fun in those episodes. Those are always the ones that I uh, look forward to the most, you know, just getting to, getting to, getting to put ourselves out there, um, meet some, meet some new faces, some new perspectives um, and, and collaborate and have a good time. And that, that really made it special this year. That really made this a very special experience for me. Cosign from me, absolutely everything. I do want to just mention, um, uh, not to shade Brian from Pink Milk because he's incredible. Uh, that was Mark that we had on. Um, Mark? Oh, shoot. Yeah, but no, I, I got it. We're good. I got the names wrong. Dang it. But, uh, but no, Brian's incredible. But all, all of them from Pink Milk are great. But uh, I, I absolutely agree. I... <laughs> you know me. I'm always the one. T I'm. I feel like I'm always the one t texting Jacob. And I'm like, you know, we could have this person on. And we could <laughs> have this person on. And oh my God, wouldn't it be great if uh, no? And to see these work out in the incredible way that they have, um, we've produced some of I think our best content with our guests. Um, not to shade. I will say I have on our list. Not to shade some stuff we did just the two of us because I think we do have some good stuff there too. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. But yeah, my uh, first one is a guest spot, but not our guest spot. It's a guest spot that we did. Um, uh, shout out to uh, Mr. Andrew Geha from Outer Rim Reads for having us do one of our first guest spots on another show on yes. this show. Um, and I remember that being such a fun recording session. Um, Andrew posed some really interesting questions to us. And if you have not checked out that episode out, and if you haven't checked out Andrew's show in general, Outer Rim Reads, it's it's a great show, and it was uh, such a fun episode to record. So that's my num that's my first great memory from the last year. Please go check that out. It is it is definitely worth your time. Very good show. Very interesting. Um, yeah, and I had a, I had a great time on that episode as well. Um, we had already had a lot of guests on at that point, but it was a completely different experience to to actually be a guest. Go on, go on somebody else's creation, you know, just, just take a step out of our little, our little Star Wars bubble, our little world and, and into someone else's, um, into someone else's creation um, and, and just being invited to someone else's project was just, wow. It was a, it was a really great experience um, and I had a really good time. Yeah. So yeah. Co co-sign for that one. That was also one of my moments. Um, but but I guess I will I'm I'll just say my piece now as well. So yeah, I, I had a really good time on that one. It was definitely one of the highlights of the year for me. It was it was yeah absolutely. Um, uh, let's talk. Uh, so Jacob already did his second one, which was also out of room reads. Um, we take off. Uh, we uh, mind synced on that one. We dyaded on that one. <laughs> um, uh, my second one is episode fifty one of Star Wars in a Galaxy: The Nature of the Force, which is. Um, I want to shout out because Jacob and I always put a lot of emphasis on our guest episodes and there's nothing wrong with that. Our guests are fantastic and they provide so much to the conversation. But I also want to recognize ourselves in this and that we put out some really good content, I hope, some of the time. Uh, but um, the arc we did, the episode we did on the Mortis arc, I thought I just really dove deep there and I, I really welcomed the the uh what jacob had to add in that episode too and it's just it was probably my favorite episode to record in the last year because of it was just so i, I picked up so many things about the force and the will of the force and how the force is a bit needy sometimes go check out the episode <laughs> to see exactly what that means 
Uh, but yeah, I'm going to shout out episode 51 of Star Wars in a Galaxy, The Nature of the Force. That wasn't one on my list, but I will, I do want to give my, my stamp of approval for bringing that up because that, what you had to say, listening to what you had to say in that episode made me appreciate the Mortis arc so much more because that was not an arc and it, it still isn't an arc that I am, I am particularly fond of. Um, but I think I'll always be, I think I'll always be just a little bit, um, a little bit more fond of it now. And I'll like it just a little bit more um, because of everything that you said, Eli, and because of the, uh, because of the experience of, of recording and, and chatting about that with you on our podcast. Uh, yeah, that was, that was a really fun one, I thought. Let's hear your like. third one. My third episode was the clone, or my third moment, the Clone Wars bracket stream. Oh my God, that was my third. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, we gotta talk about yeah. it. We gotta talk about Another joint too, one. But Clone Wars is where it began. Yeah, Clone Wars was where it began. A lot of fun. Took took a long it took a long time. I was not expecting you it. You did. I did. Although I, maybe we sh- maybe we should have. Um, yeah. Wrong Jedi won. A very worthy winner. A very worthy winner that, indeed. That, that, I actually want to go back and Andrew Geha pulled it out yeah. again. And I, I actually want to go back and look at the uh, the list of the, uh, the 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 list of the nominees and the 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 list of. Um, I want to go back and, and actually look at the bracket and, and see how it turned out because I, I, I had a really good time um, on that, you know, just vibing with everybody on a, on a stream, on a live stream. So much fun. So many different creators coming together to yeah. speak their minds about the Clone Wars was just so much fun. Um, and it was a, it was a really, it was a really cool concept and I definitely think we should, possibly do more uh, more brackets in the future i don't uh i wouldn't mind that at all <laughs> no so so i so we jacob and i came up with the idea of this bracket stream and so we did the clone wars and rebels and then i um did the one um solo uh i wish jacob could have been there uh with all of the great people about just the best scenes from star wars that was in december um the number one idea that comes up in my brain constantly for this show is bracket stream. This is, we should do this bracket stream. We should do this bracket stream. We should do this one. We should do this one. The bracket stream, I think, is maybe one of our most successful ventures on Star Wars in a Galaxy. And I, and this is where it all began. And, uh, you know, like, uh, this is where, this is where Big Sad came into the In a Galaxy lexicon. Uh, <laughs> you know, this is where, like, the upset of the brackets came in. Um, if, uh, any of you watched last stream, uh, the, the Shmigon upset from the Star Wars scene, uh, one, or, like, the, um, or me moaning about, uh, the deserter getting far enough, or it would, we have all of these fun little, and then Andrew playing both sides, um, of the, uh, of the table, it's, it, there's just so much fun, um, and... You will be seeing, I mean, Jacob said he wanted to do it, so we'll figure it out between the two of us and between our guests. You will be seeing more bracket streams from Star Wars in a Galaxy in the next year. I already have a template of one, like, marginally planned out. I hope our guests will agree. I want to do it. If you noticed, there is one Star Wars television show, main Star Wars television show, that we have not done a bracket stream on. I'm not going to say which one it is because everybody knows which one it is. 
And yes, I'm, I really want to do that. You want to go ahead with your fourth? Yes. Another, another bracket stream, the Rebels bracket stream, was another one of my favorite moments from this year. That spawned, um, that spawned one, of, uh, one of my favorite moments that uh, Eli um, uses as a, as a gift from time to time, where I said, I, what did I say? I said, you know, who wants, wants Rebels, Rebels to, to end? end? And I, I pleaded with people to, to not acknowledge the fact that Rebels Rebel had ended. ended. And maybe if we all just pretend hard enough, maybe we can, maybe we can pretend that Rebels... And pretend maybe, that Rebels hasn't and ended. And maybe if we can uh, pr all pretend hard enough, maybe we can pretend that th the ending of Rebels episode did not win the entire bracket. Yes, maybe. Because that was that was not one of my episodes, unfortunately. Um, oh, but yeah, another it, another it really... Tr truly ironic that of the, of the two of us, we've had three bracket streams, and one of us, and at least one of us has been there for all of them, and, not, and we have won exactly zero times between the two of us. Um, but you know, go figure. Yeah, um, go figure. When when we stack the deck against Andrew, as we totally do every single time. Sorry, when we stack the deck for Andrew, as we do <laughs> absolutely every single time. You know what can you expect? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Can can you really blame him though? He's he's just a menace. He's a menace, he's a menace in those type of situations. Let Andrew get his. Someone call the someone call the Coruscant Underworld Police. Come oh, yeah, come get Andrew. I mean, Someone she's come like get creating galactic empires over yeah. there. Uh, yeah. You know, like what? Uh, don't trust that guy. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm definitely gonna have the the Coruscant guard on speed dial the next time we uh we invite him on for a uh, for a bracket stream. Um. Definitely. <laughs> um. Yeah. Absolutely. The rebel stream was a lot of fun. Uh, it wasn't on my list because I just wanted to do the Clone Wars one and move on. Uh. Because. I had so much fun. I had to. Yeah. I had to put it on the list though. Yeah. Um, for number Too four for me, episode 57 of Star Wars in a Galaxy, Tragedy on Umbara with Oh, Nessa. yes. Um, I will oh, say this. Yes. It's kind of my version of what you said about Mortis, which was very nice. Thank you. Um, you and Nessa both got me to appreciate Umbara a little bit more, um, even though I was basically snoring through the first two episodes of that arc. <laughs> um, but I... But it was... That... It's a two-hour and twelve-minute episode, edited. Wow! Yeah, that's um, that's got to be a record. We had a lot to say. Let's. That's got to be that. a record. We had a lot to say. Uh, most sorry, Jacob and Nessa had a lot to say. I had a lot to say about how dark it was. Like literally, <laughs> you could not see a single damn thing. Um, but uh, it was. Uh, we recorded that in. A, I think April and we put it out we were doing a lot of pre-recording at the time we put it out in July um and I'm I don't think I actually told poor Nessa that we had delayed it several months which was my bad um and I totally oh. should have done um the so uh sorry about that Nessa um but it was it was a it was an incredible episode it was an episode that we'd scheduled uh with them tentatively um, from a season one episode we were doing, it was nice to see the circle complete and all that kind of stuff. I had a great time when that when Nessa come on the came on the show. They had a lot to say. Um, you know, our first our first episode um, with Nessa was called Clones Glorious Clones. Um, so obviously, obviously that ended up being a, a sign of uh, a sign of things to come. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. It definitely did. Um, and who would have guessed clones in a, in a show called Star Wars The Clone Wars? Um, I mean, I mean, when you get to the later seasons, when you get to the later, later seasons, seasons, like who would guess? Honestly, <laughs> that's who true. would guess? I mean, other I mean than once like, you get to other than Order five. 66. <laughs> yeah, uh, except for Order 66. Yeah, that's true. And missing yeah. an action. But like, yeah. that's five episodes out of like 30 episodes that actually have to do with clones. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, actually, that's not true. Bad Batch and Siege. Yeah, okay. Whatever. True, true, true. Um, uh, so uh, what is your number five? My number five is, let me check on the number. My number five is episode 67, regular episode 67, A Lot of Pain, where we talk about Ahsoka Tano's arc, her final arc of the Clone Wars. Or at least her final arc of the uh, the original Clone Wars, um, where she leaves the Jedi Order. Now, the reason that I think that is such a, a momentous occasion um, is because way back in January 2021, only a year ago, feels like feels like several. I'm going to be honest. It feels like at least three. Um, our first anniversary, our one year anniversary in a Galaxy episode, was actually discussing the storm over Ryloth arc, the battle of Ryloth arc and the storm over Ryloth in particular, that episode is a really big moment for Ahsoka. So that just got me thinking about how far we've come through the clone wars in 2021. And it's been, it's been really cool to, um, to, to see just how far we've, um, just how far we've gotten because sometimes in the thick of it, it feels like it's never going to end, but, when you really think about it, it's it, it's amazing. I think the ground we've covered, the topics that we've covered in the Clone Wars, how 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 much I've learned and how much my appreciation for the show has has grown over this past year. So that's why it's my fifth moment. Yeah. So let me point out to you something, which is kind of wild. You're gonna think this is crazy. We put out around an hour and twenty minutes regarding the storm over Ryloth arc right yes. that was a year ago yes we put out two and a half hours of content re um regarding the ahsoka trial arc with our episode with uh the actual arc and with our episode with thomas harper wow well so, it definitely it definitely deserves that time yeah uh it definitely that's, a, deserves that's our that evolution <laughs> um my number five is a sleeper pick, but I think it's maybe one of the best episodes of In a Galaxy to ever be released, frankly. Ooh, interesting. The tier list episode. Oh. I cannot tell you episode. how much, how on the fly this episode was. Jacob and I planned this episode like maybe less than we planned any episode, but the amount it worked, but the amount we had fun with it, but the amount yeah. we kind of vibed with that episode was kind of crazy. And this episode is the fourth most listened to episode of Star Wars in a Galaxy. At some point, at one point, it was the most listened to. I think, it, like, probably a month after it was released, it was the most listened to, which is kind of crazy for an episode we basically just kind of like, again, it's not like Heart and Love wasn't put into the episode, because it was, because yeah. we were just having fun 
absolutely arguing over where Mace Windu and Kylo Ren should be constantly. <laughs> but, I remember uh, that, yes. It was just us screaming for two hours uh, about <laughs> when, where certain Jedi and Sith should be. We gotta do a sequel to that episode. The thing that bewilders me the most about that and and why it was at one point the most listened to of any of our episodes is we're an audio only podcast. That's true. Talking about tier lists a visual medium <laughs> that definitely that de- so that definitely took me took me by surprise um but yeah i had a lot i had fun with that you're right that's definitely a sleeper first, pick it reminds me of when we were talking with devore on our first episode with him he's like so my bounty hunter episode you know the episode about a t- an obscure 2002 star wars video game is like my second most viewed episode right now i don't know why but it just is. Um, it reminds me of that, like a tier list episode that we that we made in like two hours, um, and was edited very lightly. Um, yeah, that's our fourth most listened to episode, which is crazy. Jacob, if you had to say one thing that you were really looking forward to about doing in Star Wars in a Galaxy in the year twenty twenty two, what would that be? Wait, can you say that one more time? I'm a little confused. What you mean? If if you had one thing you wanted to do in the next year um either like a sequel to an episode we've done or a new thing or whatever it is or to have a guest on or whatever what do you want to do in the next year of star wars in the galaxy i am looking forward to and i don't want this to sound i don't want this to sound pessimistic or overly negative but i am really looking forward to ending the Clone Wars and moving on to other things. Not because I don't love covering the Clone Wars. I absolutely love it. I think the way that it's set up is honestly perfect for our show's structure. You know, the fortune cookies, everything. I, I think I, I think it's kind of perfect for our show. But I am really looking forward to just m- testing other waters after spending so long. And it's going to be sad. It's going to be sad when we finish the Clone Wars. But there's a lot of great Star Wars content out there that I'm really excited to cover as well. So it's going to be it's going to be bittersweet, but I think it's going to be really exciting when we uh, when we finally sit down to record that first. uh, That first post Clone Wars episode. I agree with Jacob, actually, I'm I'm very excited with the post Clone Wars stuff. Not that I, I the Clone Wars is my favorite Star Wars television show, and I don't see that changing anytime soon, but. Seven seasons is a lot, and, you know, Jacob and I have started tentatively planning some minor things after the Clone Wars. Again, nothing set in stone or anything, but, like, pretty soon we get to watch the 1980s animated droid cartoons. Neither of us have seen a single second of those, and they're supposed to be really, like, 80s cheesy bad. And I gotta admit, I'm really excited to talk about those. I know. Like, I'm I think really yeah. excited to talk about. I'm, I'm excited and like talking about video game cutscenes again. You know, Fallen yeah, I know. Order is like, coming up in the timeline. I'm excited like, to talk about Fallen Order from a story perspective. Yeah, I I feel like as much as I love the Clone Wars, I think I might be starting to be feel pretty ready to move on. To be honest with you, and that's cool because we're in season yeah. six and we have we're like so, five close. six episodes. We're close. To go. Yeah, and and by the way, it's gonna end sooner in, in a different way than you think because soon we're gonna be blending animation with live action because Ooh. Siege of Mandalore takes place during the events of Revenge of the Sith. 
Wow. That's so, going to be that's going to be very interesting. Yeah, so we'll watch Siege and Sith at the same time. And we'll, you know, cuz there are scenes in Siege of Mandalore that are also in Revenge of the Sith. You know, there's there's a there's that there are several council chamber meetings that they have with Ahsoka watching via hologram that they also have in Revenge of the Sith. Um and it, it's a cra- it's a crazy thing. But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward, I gotta say. I'm gonna be very cryptic, but um Laura and Alice are not the last guests we scheduled. And I'm very excited for them next week. But I'm also very excited for some other guests we've scheduled. Um and some guests that we can have on and the guests that we will have on. Uh twenty twenty if you thought twenty twenty one was a good year for guests, and it was, just wait. Yeah. I uh, I can't I can't wait. Yeah. Uh Okay, are we ready to get on to one quarter portion? Yes. Everyone's favorite don't... part of Star Wars in the Galaxy, and we love it so much on this anniversary. It's not a quarter. It's one, It's a whole portion. It's a whole portion. It's a whole portion. We did a whole portion. All finally, four, all four today. We were doing all four portions today because we wanted to, um, in celebration of two second years. anniversary of two years. Uh, we're gonna do all four of them. We're gonna do this month. We're gonna do six degrees. We're gonna do Star Wars opinions, and we're gonna do it's a long story. Uh, let's start off with like the beginning of the month. So, what do you got for this month? What are you this what are you interested in Star Wars wise this month? I have this month I have been chugging my way through Thrawn Ascendancy Greater Good. I am honestly a big fan of this book, which I am surprised by. I surprise myself each night when I, I, I like to read before I, I go to bed. So I this is my this is my bedtime book. So that does make for slow progress because I do tend to fall asleep pretty quickly when I'm okay, when I'm when tucked up in bed reading all, all cozy, um, getting toasty, you know, with my with my thrawn and my hot tea. But um, I really like this book, um, and and I'm surprised by that because I had a really difficult time getting into the first Thrawn Ascendancy, Thrawn Ascendancy Chaos, Chaos Rising. Rising. Granted, that book was very good. It picked up a lot once you, once you, once you get into it. But it, and I know Star Wars books tend to fall, can fall prey to this. It really, I think the beginning of the book really took a hit, just just because of name fatigue for me, just because of name fatigue, because of how much it puts you, all these new characters. And I, and I think it's really cool what they do with the uh, the names where they introduce the characters by both their their full chis names and their their shortened names. But it it definitely I'm I'm not gonna lie it really does um it really is a, an, an extra challenge for me um in terms of how accessible the book was getting into it um and just the fact that it completely drops you into this other society. But I think once you just get past that entry level figuring out um you know who the characters are how everything's working which for for some reason um maybe because of the crazy the crazy uh just names and just naming conventions for some reason that uh that is pretty difficult um in this book series once you get past that 
they're honestly really fun. Um, there's a lot of great characters. Um, it, it's a, it's a really, it's a nicely paced series, especially the second book. It's definitely a bit of a slow burn at times, but it really just does a good job of building this other world around you and, and really just making you see this side of star Wars that hasn't been seen much before peeling back the curtain on, on different aspects of, uh, of, of just society. So yeah, I, I really recommend them. Um, yeah, that's all I recommend. Uh, them. <laughs> it's really good to hear, um, from the book side. Cause I think Jacob's a little bit more into them than I am, but, um, mine, I'm doing a rewatch currently for my own purposes. Um, might, might or might not be trivial related purposes. Who knows? Uh, of star Wars rebels. And I got to the episode, the brilliant season two episode, which I thought was an okay episode when I saw it for the first time, but I saw it again a few days ago, and holy crap is it a good episode. Let me talk about The Call. The Call is a banger of an episode. It, it's so beautiful, and the connections that Ezra forms with the Pergils, which eventually save everybody's ass in the finale, Never call anything filler again, Star Wars fans, because space whales exist. Um, but, you know, it's like the conservationist spirit of the episode. The, you know, we, we see a lot of themes and parallels around respect in this episode and respecting habitats and respecting environments and respecting culture and... I don't know what it was. I just really appreciated the dynamics of the characters and the settings and the themes in the call. So rewatch the call. Yeah, absolutely. Season two of the of Rebel. I almost said the Clone Wars by mistake. I mean, also the Clone Wars, but season two of Rebels is just is just really special to me. It's one of those. Um, it's just one of those those seasons. Um, it's just one of those bits of Star Wars that I, I, I just really love. And I, I just feel, you know, you just have certain things that you just feel personally, personally connected to in Star Wars a little bit more than other people, a little bit more than other, other media that you've watched. Um, that's definitely one of those for me. So I appreciate your appreciation. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I forgot how good those were. Uh, let's do some six degrees. Why don't we? You got two of them? Six degrees. Yes, I do. Let's okay. do it. Okay, um, go ahead. All right, Eli, could you connect for me within six degrees? This may be the new, um, this, this may be the new um, Zam, Zam Wessel, Zam Wazel, because I can't seem to... Uh, I, I can't seem to come to a conclusion on how to pronounce it, but could you connect for me, Dr. Afra or Afra and Dr. Evazon? Okay. So first of all, I'm pretty sure it's Afra. You think it's Afra? Okay. Second of all, you know, they have a direct interaction in the Dr. Afra comic. Wait, seriously? Yeah. Bro, I, I completely forgot. No. Oh no. <laughs> no, I thought I was being so clever. I thought I was continuing from last week. No, I was like, he, oh, Fox and Fox, Doctor and Doctor. Uh, yeah. she, he, uh, he plants a. I'm pretty sure he plants a bomb in both her and her droid Triple Zero, so that they have to work together. And he just watches them maniacally from the sidelines. 
Okay, let's do another one. I've thought of another one. Here, could you connect for me the two evil droids, Triple Zero and BB-9E? Um, or BB-8, whichever you prefer. Triple Zero, Darth Vader, Palpatine, Kylo Ren, Phasma, BB-9E. Nice. Yeah, that was a hard Nicely one. Done. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, uh, okay, for mine, let's talk about Madame Garsa, Garsa Flip, from the Book of Boba Fett and Kylo Ren. From the Book of Boba Fett? Uh, the Garza? Twilight Woman. The Twilight oh, Woman. Oh, I thought I, I got the names confused. I thought you were talking about the the trend the trend ocean from the Bad Batch. No, Garza no, no. Flip and sorry, what did you say? Second? Uh, Kylo Ren. Garza Wait, were you Flip? talking about Sid? Yeah, I was Batch? talking about Sid. Oh my Flip gosh, Sid is like actually Sid. in my second six degrees. Weirdly. Oh gosh. Oh wow. Force dyad. Force dyad, dyad. anybody? <laughs> yeah, anyway, but okay. uh, Garza Flip Garza and Kylo Flip. Ren. Okay, so I'm gonna have to go whip to fet. I think. I think that's that. Yeah, that's the that's the one first oh, wait, step. I just realized something. Okay, never mind. Fet to Princess Leia, and then Leia. Oh, I guess Leia to Han, Han to Kylo, because technically, I guess we could say maybe when he became but Kylo, like, and he kind of ran off and didn't really, yeah. But okay. Boba and Leia, I mean, Empire Strikes Back, they definitely, or, yeah, or they definitely Frank, met. There are a couple things. First of all, Boba and Han. Oh yeah, true. That I just true. realized. And second of all, I was going Boba Luke. My mind oh. flashed to Boba and Luke, Boba Luke, Kylo. But yeah, any of the yeah. original trio can work. Um, go ahead with your second one. All right. Could you connect for me, please? QTKT of the D Squad and DO from The Rise of Skywalker. QTKT, R2-D2, BB-8, D-O. Nice. Nicely done. Um, my next one, Sid. Sid from The Bad Batch. And Mr. <laughs> Window War himself, Bulio from The Rise of Skywalker. Bulio. Sid and Bulio. You may have to remind me who Bulio is. He's roughly. the guy who goes, Window War! Did they get, receive the information about Hux at the beginning of the film uh, being a spy? Um, not Hux, but they're being a spy in the First Order uh, from yeah. the guy. And then Kylo puts his head on the table. The Avisian, Bulio, voiced by Mark Hamill. He's uh, yeah. uh, First Order? No, 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 no. He's a an information broker who gives information to the resistance loads it, it loads up an r2d2 poe and finn loaded up at the very beginning of the movie let me look this guy up real quick just to see what he looks how could we ever thank you window Wind war. war oh when he's loaded they're loading up the falcon yeah oh oh okay 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 bulio Wait, who is it to? Why Sid. Sid, right, right. Gosh, I got so confused thinking about it. just trying to trying to remember who Bulio was. Somehow I forgot. Window. Okay, Bulio. Poe. Leia. Oh, I just thought of one. 
Oh crud, wait, bad, bad. Um Bulio. Can we say that Bulio meets Oh wait, that doesn't work. I know. Okay, wait. Bulio Ray. No, no. Bulio Poe Ray. Luke Yoda. Oh god, that's more than six. It, it, just do it in the least um, of it. Well, I have one that's kind of slightly cheaty if you uh, if you can't think of anything, but like, yeah, I didn't realize how hard this one was. Wow. This is this is hard because I, I haven't and I, I was actually just thinking to myself, I need to I need to rewatch um the bad batch. The batch and yeah. apparently I do because I haven't it hasn't it hasn't even been that long since it's come out, but I feel like it's kind of it's it's slipped away from me. I really want to rewatch. I want I want to rewatch season seven of the Clone Wars. I want to rewatch Bad Batch. That's well. You'll have your chance for both of those in a few months on IAG. So. Oh yeah. Um. Okay. Sid. Sid Omega. Nala say shock T Yoda. Yeah, I can I can think of them. They're too many. They're not within they're not within in six if you Mine, I guess if I you consider four or five. Can okay, I, what's yours? What's yours? Yeah, yeah. This is a really yeah, I wave the white flag. Sid Rex. Um, oh, I forgot about Rex. And then we could use a weird little loophole to say Sid Rex. Leia, because of old man Rex. Mm. Sid, Rex, Leia, Finner Poe, Bulio. Again, a little cheaty because we don't know if Leia and Rex actually met, but like we can assume they did because he was on Endor at the same time that she was on Endor. Um, and they were involved in a very similar part of the battle, so like, you know. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that was a hard one. I didn't realize how that hard that one was. Uh, let's get to our third one of the one quarter portion, Star Wars Opinions. Uh, All right. We ask each other Star Wars Opinion-based questions. What do you got for the first one? Number one, what is your favorite Star Wars criminal organization? Um, Just because of what we don't know about them i gotta say crimson dawn right now they're very curious to me oh actually no 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 no, no. sorry scratch that the cloud riders oh and fist nest and her gang of course cloud riders Duh. good choice 100%. very good choice yeah uh what's yours my favorite would have to be the pikes again just because of you know, right now the mystery and every and everything surrounding them, they just I think they have a lot of potential right now. And I'm I'm looking forward to uh to seeing um what happens with them in the book in the book of Boba Fett. And also I really I really liked them when we were rewatching when we were rewatching the Clone Wars this time. I found myself really enjoying when the uh when the pikes showed up. Thought they were a yeah. cool addition to the show that I didn't really appreciate when I had uh, watched it previous times. More very soon. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. In both seasons six and seven. Um, uh, so my both of my Star Wars opinions are our hopes and wants for various distant Star Wars shows that we know are coming, but are not going to be released this year. First one, I'm going to have to ask you, what are you hoping for in the Ahsoka show? What am I hoping for in the Ahsoka show? I hope, and I, re- I, I don't want to jinx this, knock on wood, because I don't want to jinx this, but I hope in the Ahsoka show that they don't tread on too much of the ground of the Rebels follow-up show that I'm still holding out hope for somewhere down the line. That would be so nice to get a get a true Rebels follow-up show because I don't know some, something about something about just Ahsoka and those characters in animation. A lot to I mean I've I've said I've said a lot about what I what I uh, what I'm disappointed by and what I don't particularly care for in live action Ahsoka. So suffice it to say, seeing in in animation, if if we were to see Ahsoka team up with with Sabine to go and go journey into the unknown regions and and see um see if they can find Ezra and Thrawn, that would just be incredible. Mine's a different aspect of what you were talking about. I want them to I want uh, us, I want the viewers to be like Ray handing the Luke, the lightsaber to Luke Skywalker and the lightsaber is any plot and I want Luke to throw it away just like mm. he did in The Last Jedi. I don't want this to be about plot at all. How do you mean? I don't feel like we've gotten a good psychological analysis of Ahsoka post Rebels. Period. Like, or, or like post-Clone Wars, like, generally, like, we got the Ahsoka book and we got the uh, Martez sisters arc, which were both very good coverings of where she was at. But I don't think, like, Rebels Ahsoka, as cool as she was, I don't think we got into a lot of how she felt about the galaxy at large. And same thing with Mandalorian Ahsoka. I hope they don't let plot get in the way of what I really want to see, which is, I want to see who Ahsoka Tano is now. Uh, they've, yeah. they've been referring to Ahsoka, Ahsoka's been so much of a plot device in the last year, and that's been cool and all, but I'd like her to stop being so. I'd like her to st- start being an actual character again. And that's what I want for Ahsoka, is I want to see who Ahsoka Tano is after the Empire's Fall. Yeah. You know, I would there's that, that pipe dream pie in the sky where she talks to Luke. Um, in the Ahsoka series, and that would just blow my mind forever and ever and ever. And we do know that we're getting Hayden as Force Ghost Anakin in the show, which I'm very excited about, which hopefully is going to provide some of insight into that, but I, I don't want Ahsoka to be a plot device anymore, is what I want. Um, yeah, okay. I want okay. a Book of Boba Fett level of character diving into Ahsoka. I feel like we haven't gotten that much real character diving so far in in book of boba fett i think we need we need more to actually see about these characters it, to me it still feels pretty expositiony so far but we'll see 
I disagree. It's just, just about, I mean, maybe not about like Fan Anchor or anybody else, but I do think we've got a lot of diving deep into Boba and who Boba is and what Boba's gone through. But anyway, uh, what's your second one? My second opinion question. What is a piece of Star Wars content that you were pleasantly surprised by? What was something that you thought was unexpectedly good, better than you thought it would be, or more interesting than you thought it would be? So let me talk about Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales. <laughs> That's a banger, man. I, w I was expecting that to be a fun little delight that I wouldn't think about ever again. It is the most underrated content that Star Wars put out in 2021, by far. Not enough people have seen it, not enough people have truly gathered what it means for canon. We have Lego Mother Talisman, we have N Lego Knights of Ren, we have Lego What If Star Wars. I mean, that's incredible, man. Like, the things that Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales does, and the thing that Lego so frequently in these days, both with their holiday special and with Terrifying Tales, do um, is provide a lot of the fun into Star Wars that I feel like some of the very deep, reflective content of Star Wars, even though it's great, sometimes lacks. And I love that it, it has fun with Star Wars and it doesn't poke fun at Star Wars. Um, as Taika Waititi says in The Mandalorian Behind the Scenes, it, uh, it, it doesn't take itself too seriously, but it believes in itself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what, what's what's uh, you? For me, I would say... I didn't think about what my answer would be. I would say Star Wars Resistance because I watched the first few episodes and I was pretty skeptical. I didn't enjoy it too much. Um, and I wasn't planning on continuing watching it, but, you know, obviously, Eli, you, you liked it. Um, you liked it quite a bit. Um, you're a big proponent of that. And so, you know, I, I continued, I pushed through, um, and it, it's still definitely not my favorite, but I, 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 I really started to appreciate it more. Some of the, uh, some, some of the, uh, aspects of the show, the things it brought the art style, some of the discussions that, um, that it had especially about propaganda i was i was like whoa wait this is a this is a kids show so i definitely thought that it, it needed an extra season to really breathe and they definitely did a disservice to it by by just cramming everything that they did into season two so yeah yeah i i agree with jacob a lot about resistance stuff um i'm always a big proponent of that show um i do find it weird that star wars fans are always so quick to excluded out of their tv conversation when really it has just as many valid things to say as rebels and as clone wars and as bad batch um and as mandalorian uh but yeah no i agree um let's talk about a future star wars show i asked about ahsoka but what are you hoping for for season three of everybody's favorite star wars show it seems the mandalorian what am i hoping for in season three good question I am hoping I am hoping that they rip all the band-aids off, open up all the open up all the closets, shine the light on all the skeletons. 
I've I've gotten so hyped just because of of all the the build up, you know, with everything that they hinted at, especially in season two, but also season one, the force research, the the dark troopers, all this all this crazy crap that Moff Gideon has been uh been playing around with and. Yeah, I just I really I really need them to start bringing that stuff out into the light and start having the um start start having the 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 teasers um start having some of that payoff. I I really need that from from season 3 of the Mandalorian and I think if they if they do that right, if they if they continue to build up on some things while kind of giving us some really good really good satisfying satisfying payoff where we really get to get to see some crazy stuff um then i think it has the potential to i think it has the potential to to be really great and and take the show to the next level okay i i really appreciate your ideas and i i think they're they're i i definitely want some more insight is as to what moff gideon is up to with the force research and and what is he up to with the M count? And, you know, is that really midichlorians and all that kind of stuff? And blah, blah, blah. Let me... So, John. John Favreau. I, this is to you. And Dave Filoni and all of the people in charge of The Mandalorian Season 3. I have your episode, okay? I have an episode written out for you, okay? This is going to be the Season 3 premiere if you need it to be. So, you have... You you uh, have you know uh, a a ship uh, calming um, the Mandalorian ship asking if he knows where um, if he knows where the the uh, the child known as Grogu is and of course because since parting with him uh, Din doesn't know where Grogu is I mean he's not gonna tell where Grogu is. Um, and he's shaken by this, uh, and, and the guy who's operating the other ship comes onto his, onto whatever ship he's operating on at the moment. Uh, not the Razor Crest, Rip Razor Crest, but, um, uh, and, 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 uh, he enters the, the Mandalorian ship, and we pan up, and we see the glaring black eyes of Ochi of Bestune. We need season three of the Mandalorian, Ochi of Bestune, we need it! I'm tired of doing all this waiting to see my to, to not see my beloved best student boy who's getting all of his great comic coverage. Not in any live action show. You did it with Cobb Vance, you did it with Chrysanthemum. Do it with Ochi. He's already in a movie. Like we need between episode six and seven content with my boy. We just need it. I'm sorry, we just need it. Uh, okay, rant over. So yeah, now that that's done, we should do a long story, right? <laughs> yes, we should follow up a long story with a long story. Absolutely. So, um, do you want to go ahead. first or should I? Go ahead. It's a long story, by the way, is where we summarize Star Wars badly to each other and see if we can guess what it is. Yes. All right. <clears throat> a group of criminals kidnap an orphan, then abandon him during a prison breakout. Later, they take him to destroy property in a commercial mining operation. That's uh, see, that's episode one of Star Wars Rebels. Yes, it is. Bingo. Yes. Oh my Bingo. god. Bingo. I'm, I'm very pleased with myself over that one. Good job. That was a good one. 
Okay. A man's boss is killed, so he takes over his boss's job before being killed five years later by his boss's former hitman. Book of Boba Fett. There we go. Boom. I was like, if it's not that, I'm going to be so confused because I, I don't know. I thought maybe thought maybe that was too too obvious, but no. Good one. Absolutely. Um, uh, I think that's going to be it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening to two years of Star Wars in a Galaxy. We've had so much fun making the show, and we're going to have so much fun making it for years to come. Uh, Next week, next week is going to be so exciting. It's going to be our 70th episode of Star Wars in a Galaxy. Episode 70 of our chronological rewatch of Star... Uh, it's, it's going to be a chronological rewatch of Star Wars Clone Wars. We're going to back into it. But we're not going to be alone. We're going to be joined by the incredible Laura and Alice from Force Toast to Star Wars Happy Hour. Um, I'm so excited to have the both of them on. We're going to be talking about... Um, for the first time in like... A few months. We're going to be talking about not four episodes, three episodes only of Star Wars The Clone Wars. We're going to be talking about um, uh, an old friend, the rise of Clovis, and Crisis at the Heart for a bunch of stuff about romance and banking, weirdly enough. Um, yes. I'm very excited to dive in with not only Jacob, but with Laura and Alice and get their insights into all things Star Wars. They're a huge inspiration to us at Star Wars in a Galaxy, and we're just so excited. Um, but... In the meantime, uh, you you can uh, listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Anchor, wherever you listen to your podcasts, we will be there if we're not. Email us. You can do that at swinagalaxy at gmail.com. We love receiving listener emails. Keep the listener emails up. Uh, and uh, you can follow us on Twitter at inagalaxypod, uh, Instagram at starwarsinagalaxy, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Star Wars in a Galaxy. Uh, follow me, my personal account on Twitter, at OchiFan327. Um, and until next time, may the Force be with you. Always. <laughs>